0: Hi, I'm Nina Gigele and this is Skiers Mindset Talk. I'm here to interview and talk with athletes, pros, mental coaches, entrepreneurs, and many more who relate to skiing. Together, we want to prove our mindset in skiing and also in business life. Another Skiers Mindset Talk with Lexi Dubon. Hello. Hello. How's it going? (laughs) It's amazing, actually. I'm currently in Zurich. Where are you? Um, I'm in Sun Valley, Idaho. Yeah.
1: Nice. Winter's coming. Feeling the vibes.
0: That's so cool. (laughs) I'm very thankful that you find the time to talk with me about your skier's mindset. Um, (laughs) Tell us a little bit about you. Who are you? Why did you get into skiing? And why do you still ski? (laughs) Oh,
1: wait. It's just it broke up a little bit.
0: You're excited to talk about my skier's mindset.
1: (laughs) um, Yeah, I can give you just like a little rundown and and breakdown of my life with skiing and and how how it all started. So I was born and raised here in Sun Valley, Idaho, um, and was on skis at the age of two. My mom was actually a professional freestyle skier. She did, you know, back when it was the combination of ballet and moguls and aerials. Um, So I grew up with all these pictures of my mom on the wall, just doing, you know, big backflips and tricks and things and covers of, of ski magazines. Um, And my grandfather, my mom's dad was actually um, a ski ski coach. He coached all of my race coaches and then me and my sisters as well. So, you know, if you weren't going to go skiing with the family, then you're sitting at home alone and that wasn't fun. So skiing has just been in our blood from the very beginning. And Having, I mean, I'm looking at the the back of the ski hill right now. Just having it in the backyard, you know, going to school in Sun Valley, we'd have a, a free period or um, a long lunch and be able to go to the mountain and go skiing and then go back to the classroom. So I just feel really fortunate to be raised here. Um, And then after that, I went to the University of Colorado, Boulder, um, and my longtime ski buddy, McKenna Peterson, who we grew up together here, she was competing on um, the free, I think it was called the Free Ski World Tour at the time before it was free ride. Um, And there was a contest in Crested Butte, Colorado. And she's like, Lex, you got to come try this contest. And um, am sorry, it was Telluride. And that first contest, you know, I stood on the podium and I got one of those big checks above my head and I was like, wow, this is so fun. Um, just being able to express myself down the mountain and, I had never been, you know, a part of the judge judging world of skiing. It was always ski racing, um, mm-hmm. so that was a little bit um, of a learning curve to learning how to ski for the judges. But I absolutely loved the community and the different places we were able to go. So I was on the on the tour with McKenna. Um, we then also signed contracts with K two around the same time, which was so fun, just like your childhood friend, and being able to have this awesome partnership throughout um, with the same. Um, sponsors and contests and everything so after about five or six years of competing on the tour um, I got invited to go film with Warren Miller and this is definitely gonna like age me and date me but the first film trip was shot on film with Tom Day it's before all the digital cameras were really coming out and um, and so we went up to Svalbard Norway we camped on this you know fjord for two weeks in this snow cave and. We had, it's like, okay, rolling, you hear the of the camera, and we're out there for two weeks, and I had no idea, you know, we didn't know if we were getting the shot, you know, because you couldn't view the film, um, so it's all kind of this big surprise, so it was really cool to kind of come into my film career right as film was phasing out and digital was coming in to have that experience, so I ended up filming, um, I've been filming now for 15 years. Um which has been amazing. And it's just, it's taken to me to so many wonderful places around the planet with amazing people. And what really, you know, turns me on with the film side of thing is the storytelling, you know, you're able to go to these wild cultures and communities and tell their story Um, and also get to do what you love, which is skiing. Um, So then, yeah, I've been filming for a long time. And then two years ago, I got a call from the Freeride World Tour if I wanted to be a wild card. And I was like, I was a little shook at first, you know, I was like, man, I thought, I think I'm done competing. I like totally checked that box. I've moved on to filming, but there was this deep curiosity of like, man, what would it be like to, you know, travel Europe and meet all of these new competitors and and see, you know, this whole new scene of big mountain free ride. Um, and I also, in the back of my mind have been, you know, was kind of hitting this crossroads of. With, with filming, we go out on these expeditions and we maybe only have, you know, there's like two or three other athletes you're with all season long. And so I was really craving community. Um, I was actually putting a lot of intentions throughout that summer before the, the call from the tour of like wanting community so badly. You know, the only time I'd see them was at the powder awards or different, you know, film, mm-hmm. film premieres. Um, and then the powder awards had been canceled right when I got that call and I'm like, damn, like, i really just miss hanging with all these wonderful people. So I'm like, hell yeah, let's go do the tour. Um, and it was super rad because, um, I met my now business partner, Hedvig, uh, vessel and, um, she had just graduated business school and we were like up late one night and I was just telling her like, you know, she's like, so are you so excited to compete again? And I was like, Honestly, it's kind of research for me to like see how this community is working, and yeah, I had a really a, a good time competing, but it was more of a research project. Um and so I started to like tell Hedvig my idea of this community building slash contest that was in like deep in my heart for a couple years leading up to it. She's like, "Well, I just graduated from Swiss Business School, and I would love to help you with this." And so. Um, We then went to Fanny Averill, who is the head of communications on the Free Ride World Tour and pitched it to her. And she's like, I'm in. So the three of us, you know, are kind of the core founders of what is now the Sister Summit, um, Mm -hmm. which is the first all-women's ski and snowboard backcountry event. And yeah, that's that's like, it brings me so much joy to bring that to the ski world.
0: That sounds amazing. Cool. Thank (laughs) you so much for sharing your story in like five minutes. (laughs) um I have a question regarding you said like you you signed up for the freeway world tour and you said like it's been a research project um that comes up like you know we're here talking about skiers mindset and it's a really nice connection between you as an athlete or restarting athlete going into that new sphere of community and you're saying it's a research project that sounds very interesting to me what was your thoughts about it because You know, back in ski racing, you probably know it's been very sharp and tough. And if you don't, if you fail, you're a bad person style. So what made it for you to be able to say, okay, is it, it's a research project? Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think I, I just had a different approach at that point in my career. You know, I was like, I was already very well established in the ski industry um, I had, had long-term partnerships with some of the brands that I absolutely adored working with. Um, and you know, I had done the competition before and I had moved into the film. And I think there's also a different mind headspace or mind thought process when it comes to the Freeride World Tour versus the Europeans and the Americans. It's really fascinating. So for the mm-hmm. European athletes, it's like, that is the creme de la creme. That is the top notch to be invited and to qualify to these events. You know, you work so hard to qualify for them. Mm-hmm. And then on the, it's so interesting, like on the US side, I went to my sponsors and I was like, look, I just got invited to be the wild card. And they're like, you know what? We honestly don't... I mean, I, it sounds really kind of crude, but they're like, we don't really care about the free Freeride World Tour. Like, we don't get the viewership that the Europeans do. We don't see the return on sales. Like, it's just not as big and as amplified in the U.S. So I was like, oh, well, I'm pretty stoked on it. Like, I'd love to go check it out. Um, and the support for me to do it, was just wasn't as enthusiastic as if, um, you know, I came to those sponsors and was like, I want to go put together an epic film project in Alaska or, um, Svalbard or, you know, something like that. They, they could see more of a return in the U S mm-hmm. um, for the film side. So I was like, I kind of just shift my mindset set a little bit of like, okay, I also have this deep draw and passion to create community of some kind. Um, and I'd been seeing what, you know, Travis Rice was doing with the natural mm-hmm. selection. And I was like, you know, they've really put a lot of work and effort into the Free Ride World Tour. It's a completely different event from when I was doing it in the U.S. ages ago. Um, and so it was to kind of like figure out how are they doing these live feeds? Like how how does it work between the athletes and the administrators, the people putting on the event? Uh, like, what are the relationships between everyone, between the resorts, between the organizers? And but at the same time, I was also like, I still have to throw down, you know, like I'm going to be on TV. So I ended up um, hi, talking to my friend Jenna, who is a sports psychologist. She works with a lot of professional athletes in the U.S. Um, she came from recommendations from some of my peers And I started talking to her to, like, get my head back into the competition mindset. Um, And it was really awesome how she uh, helped coach me the months leading up to the tour to, like, step back into the competition zone. But I knew that, like, my experience with competing before, like, I would have the best feeling in my heart and my body when I Mm -hmm. crossed that finish line. Like, that was the most rewarding thing ever. And then I'd see the score, you know, seconds later, and I'd be like, oh, like stabbed to the heart, like, oh, I thought I crushed that. And like, I got scored so hard, you know? Um, And so I was like, in order to preserve my well-being and my um, like emotional state, I needed to almost like change my intention with approaching the tour in a way. And that was Mm research-based was to find, meet new people to learn how they're doing it so that we could create Sister Summit ultimately um, Mm -hmm. and still have a really good time doing it.
0: That's interesting. It's great to hear. And I also think it's very exciting that you still talk with a sports scientist before you, you enter the, like the freeway world tour because, um, yeah, it's a lifelong learning, right? Totally. Was there one thing, um, she gave you or you were like, you thought, oh, wow, this is like something I needed. Was it, do you still remember something like that? Oh, absolutely. I, I use
1: it all the time. So, um, one of the hacks that Jenna gave us, she's also um, one of our speakers at Sister Summit. So she's passing this knowledge to the Sister Summit community as well. But it was like, you know, we all have this inner voice inside of us. I don't care who you are, but this there is this inner negative voice that is like, that is there to protect you. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like, I don't know. Are you good enough? Are you going to be able to do it? Are you strong enough? Like it's this inner dialogue that happens no matter what sport you're in, what, you know, even if you have a desk job, it's like, Mm -hmm. you want to go ask for that promotion. That inner voice is like, are you sure you're prepared? Do you have your speech ready? Like, are are you, do you have the, the strength to do it or the knowledge? Um, and so she really had me identify that inner voice. And so we named her, her name's Lala. And, you know, I had to I spent a lot of time in sessions like identifying what she looks like, you know, like what her hair looks like, what she's wearing, you know, what her voice sounds like Um, and just really identifying her. And then and then the pivot there with the psychology is to love her instead of like pushing her down and telling her, like, don't come here anymore. Like that, that never works. It's more like taking Lala into my arms and giving her a big hug. And it's like, look, I see you're scared. I see you're nervous, but everything's going to be okay because that inner voice comes from our early childhood conditioning. You know, it, it can like, for me personally, it came a lot from my mother of like, um, you know, Oh, be careful. Or, you know, something, you know, we all have some of those role models that might just, they're trying to protect us. And th- those voices come up when we're scared, but when you give them a big hug, so that was like the first step was like love Lala and tell her everything's going to be okay. Like just take a seat and watch this. Like I've got it handled. I've come so far from my five-year-old self, you know. I am this powerful, strong woman. Watch what I can do. Yeah. And then the, the other part too is like when we're st- I'm standing on top of the venue on the ride World Tour, there's helicopters, there's people cheering, the pressure is on. Lala likes to come in right then, you know, and be like, I don't know, maybe you should switch your line. Maybe you should hit a different cliff. Maybe you shouldn't go so big. Like, um, you saw that person crash, like maybe don't go over there. And so in those moments, like I wrap Lala in the sparkly blanket and I kick her down the mountain and I just say, there's no space for you here right now. I'll see you at the bottom, you know? Um, and, and then Jenna also has us like, circle into our hips, which is, I think um, a lot of times we're really in our heads um, in those high pressured moments. And then our heart will come in, but like the real wisdom comes from our womb and our, as women, like in, in our guts. And so for days and months leading up to the competition, you know, it's like you go into a restaurant and you're like, do I want the chicken or the fish? And you can't make the decision. And you practice circling into your hips and being like, okay, what is my gut want, you know, and really listening to it. Um, and those little practices then helped me when I'm in the start gate to like circle into that inner wisdom
0: of knowing that I'm like super strong and I got it. Great. Thank you so much for sharing yes. this. It's amazing. So we should definitely set up a talk with Jenna. Sounds fun. Yes. <laughs> That's for skiers. Yes. And Jenna... She
1: knows the lifestyle really well too. Her husband is a guide and um they you know, she travels around with her kids wherever he's guiding and and then coaches a lot a lot of really wonderful athletes.
0: That's great. Thank you so much. So Summit Sister, what is it?
1: Yes. Okay, so um Sister Summit is the first all women's ski and snowboard back country. Summit sister, right? Sister Summit. Summit. Yes, sister (laughs) summit. Yeah, summit, Um So we bring the top 10 female skiers and top 10 female snowboarders. And then we have an all female media team as well. So 10 women behind the camera and then an all female guide team. We have eight guides. Um, and then so by day, we're out filming. We split the girls into groups of three athletes with one filmer photographer. Those groups also cycle each day so everyone can ride with different people. Um, And we're going and capturing content. So whether it's pillows, cliffs, jumps, pow turns. um, And then in the evening, we come back and we have this beautiful speaker series where we bring in people talking about, you know, the first day is all dedicated to avalanche safety. And then we go into diversity and inclusion and just learning how to like erase our ancestral traumas and our conditioning um, towards BIPOC athletes and people in general and vice versa and sharing our experiences just creating a safe space. Um, Then we also have, you know, talks on entrepreneurship, health and wellness, nutrition, um, uh, climate change, the environment. Uh, We've just tried and bring women from, you know, it's no longer you know back in the day you could just be an athlete and be really good at skiing or snowboarding and now it's all about like building your own brand like all of us as athletes are entrepreneurs in certain senses and so developing those skills to take care of our mind body and soul is really what sister summits about um and also about collaboration so with the athletes that are coming we ha- we mix it from you know the OGs that have been in the game for a long time and then also some newer girls that are just you know trying to break into the scene um, and then on Sunday, we announced our Rookie Series. So we have girls from around the world submit Instagram reels. And um, at the end of this selection, you know, we review, they, they write a caption of why they want to come. And we, we give one skier, one snowboarder and one filmer photographer a free seat at Sister Summit. Um, so last year was our first event at Mustang Powder. We had such mm-hmm. incredible um, feedback and the industry was so fired up on what we did um we put together an epic film called Frequency um which will be premiering at High Fives in just a couple weeks in Annecy um and uh yeah we're, we're going to make a film next year as well um but yeah it's it really it's about amplifying the feminine frequency and at um collaboration is the new contest you know community is the new contest um yeah yeah cool. it's it's so rad i'm i'm obsessed with it it actually is like It feels so good after 15 years of being, you know, a pro athlete, making films, competing Mm -hmm. to now give back to the sport that's given me so much and just create kind of a bridge for women to enter the space, Mm -hmm. like supercharging, you know?
0: That sounds wonderful. Um, Very interesting. Like um, you say, it's all about collaboration. And I totally agree on that. Um, That's why we are here, actually. Yeah. and you said, like, it's all about inclusion, diversity, but also, like, um, collaborating. And you said, like, you cr- try to create that open space. But mm-hmm. how do you do that? Like, because, um, it doesn't really matter if it's like in athletes teams or in business um, teams. That's the biggest challenge, right? To face the best performing team or to build it, but also to create that space. You can create the space, but still everybody can help back to not just express what they feel and how they are. And so, yeah, like, did you, I mean, you did it the first year. Do you have any ideas what you're going to change next year to maybe, or did you face any challenge there?
1: Yeah. I mean, well, we learned so much. We learned so much from our first Mm -hmm. event. It was definitely a a steep learning curve, but honestly, I think like what makes it so beautiful is that it's designed by women. um, And, I think a lot of the world that we live in has been designed by men. And, you know, like even for contests, for example, it's all about who can like charge the hardest or do the biggest trick where sister summit is like, yes, we definitely reward that, but it's also like, who's the team player who's looking out for other people. um, And who is um, also learning and pushing themselves, who's the teacher and also the student at the same time. Um, And I think, you know, for a long time, women with big mountain skiing specifically, it's like we were so tokenized. It was one girl with all of the men. Mm-hmm. And for a while, we all had our elbows out kind of defending our turf. Like there's only room for one of us. So like, I'm going to be the best. There's not enough room for you. Me, Yeah. And then now it's like, Like even last year, some of the girls were a little nervous, like, oh, my God, is there going to be drama when it's all these girls in one space? And it was the opposite of that, because we really just encourage everyone to like share their strengths. We aren't just all skiers and snowboarders. A lot of us are massage therapists or guides or moms or, um, you know, entrepreneurs, designers, artists. And we really like we want everyone to feel that this space is where they can express all of their strengths and they're really heard and seen through that. Um, so it's been really powerful. I'd say like after the first event, you know, Hedvig and I are super hard, strong, charging women in the sense we want to do everything all at once. And so we maybe, you know, our schedule was a little intense. We didn't allow much rest time. (laughs) So this year, Yeah. yeah, this year we're working in a rest day that is all based on like yoga, acupuncture, meditation, breath work, We won't be riding that day. We also in the evenings, you know, last year we had three to four different speakers talking on about different topics. And this year we're just lining it up with one speaker. Um, Mm. And we're bringing those speakers on site because there's so much magic that happens in the in-between moments um, versus, you know, just zooming someone in to talk about their expertise and their genius. Um, Mm. We really want them to be a part of the community for the whole seven days. Um, and we're also offering two events. So the first event is November 24th through December 1st at Eagle Pass Heli in Revelstoke. It'll be yeah, it'll be uh like a Heli assisted ski touring event. And then the second event is the first week of April um, at Ski Lodge in Engelberg, Switzerland. And that That's one amazing. will be mostly focused on ski mountaineering um, and alpine skiing. Great, cool.
0: Amazing. Yeah. Why alpine skiing?
1: Just through... well, just I, I mean, not like, sorry, not like alpine racing, but just like be in the alpine,
0: skiing alpine, in the alpine. alpine. Yeah. Okay, right. Gotcha. Yeah. That's wonderful. Nice timings. Also, like it fits in the schedule because I think Hedwig is still competing. You're not competing anymore, right? Am I right? Right. right.
1: Well, and a lot of the girls too, they're doing X Games. Like some of them are coming straight yeah. out of the half pipe and slope style courses and just wow. having it early and then after, you know, mm. spreading it out. Um, mm-hmm. But it's also been so encouraging just having like other action sports athletes reach out to us, surfing, skateboarding, climbing, you know, cycling. They're like, when are you bringing Sister Summit to us? And I'm like, well, like hopefully someday. But we also like it's so much work, you know, um, I, there's a reason it hasn't been done yet before, because I mean, my entire year is now dedicated to being on the computer and the phone organizing and fundraising for sister summit but Mm -hmm. it brings it's such a great reward i love every minute of it
0: amazing sounds great yeah i totally understand that and i think it's very interesting that you say it's like a combination of professional athletes mindset it also like you say everybody is like there's a human being behind of every athlete, right? And they all have amazing qualities and you just like can learn from each other if you give space and provide the space. And Absolutely. That's, um, that's great to hear. And so you're going to have those two events. Do you going to... And it's wonderful. Like I just realized you, you should just like do it for every type of sport. Yes, <laughs> yeah, you should.
1: I, Need it. You it
0: it. But I understand it's a lot of work and you have to... Yeah, just narrow it down to what you love the most. And
1: Yeah. I mean, as we grow, we're definitely going to expand in those ways. Right now, it's we're all volunteers. You know, none of us are being paid or making money off of putting Sister Summit on. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just, it's so incredible and humbling to see all of these women come from like out of the woodwork that want to help us um, for free, you know, just because they're so passionate about this and they see that it has such a strong base and such a strong... Mm -hmm momentum and intention moving forward so
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah i think like i think especially the combination of at least what's uh from my point of view and the business i'm in it's like i get a lot of requests in sharing my know-how of uh, the decision making you know like being up in a mountain with guests you know it's like i have a big backpack always because i carry all my guests with me
1: up yeah. and, up. and yeah. um <laughs>
0: And the same also like in business, because there I carry a lot of Mm -hmm. of backpacks, big ones as well. Yeah,
1: I think also, yeah, we're super strong. Yeah. I mean, when we were talking to some of, you know, our male um, friends, and we're like, yeah, we're doing all female media. And they're like, there's no way you'll find 10 women that want to carry a heavy media pack up and down. And I'm like, you have no idea you put it out there that we have hundreds of women that want to join and be a part of it and are so skilled and talented and I think one of our biggest you know greatest achievements last year was with our guide team. we had women from mostly Canada with being based in Revelstoke, but they had never sat in a guides meeting with all women you know maybe there's one or two other women in those guides mm-hmm. meeting traditionally and being able to have a space where you know we When you spend enough time in the mountains, you're bound to have accidents and incidents happen, you know, avalanches, injuries. And a lot of times I think when women are in, female guides are in those male guide rooms, they don't really want to speak up about maybe what they did wrong because they're still trying to like prove their worth and value of being there. Um, And I know that's like definitely uh, really a big one for European guides, for sure, um, with just a very masculine world in the guide world. So for them, like their 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 notes and their responses after Sister Summit were so profound of the takeaways. They're like, I've been a guide for thirty years and I finally found my family and community with these women to be able to collaborate with each other.
0: So that was That's really amazing. Yeah. And um I could sing you a song, create a song about it. That's what lost you.
1: Um, exactly. I don't like, I'm speaking I to, to my hand. song.
0: You don't want to listen to my song. It's horrible because my voice and my singing qualities are low level, but um, we can have it on the shower. No, sorry. Right. Um, so very interesting. That's great. Um, and as you said, like, they're all volunteers. So doing something like that, volunteering, it has to be a passion behind of it, right? Mm-hmm. And I think also, like you said, you're going to support the juniors, which I think is very interesting. Because I'm not sure how you feel about it, but at least what I see where I'm based, um not many kids are skiing that much anymore, or have the passion to go into competing, just like do part time a little bit cozy skiing, and that's it. How is it How do you experience that? Because I think supporting the rookies, yeah, that's needed. It's huge. I mean, I honestly was so blown away
1: by the submissions we had last year. We were thinking maybe 20 girls would submit for the Rookie Series and we had over a submissions. I mean, oh. even women from Pakistan and Iran were submitting. Oh, um, I know it was amazing. And I think um, there is like this barrier to entry to enter as a professional mm-hmm. athlete. You can have all of the skills, but it's expensive and you need that sponsorship and support for people to, to help you out along the way. And so, um, you know, us finding that, that those next generation of athletes and then giving them the tools with the media teams, um, and, you know, showcasing their skiing professionally for the first time, you know, their, their submissions are all shot on their iPhones or their GoPros. And we finally get them in front of nice red cameras and real, real photo cameras. um, and all all of our rookies last year received sponsorship from sponsors after Sister Summit. But I think especially for women, you know, there's been a lot of studies that have been done that, you know, girls when they're young, um, they're all about sports. They want to play soccer. They want to do track and field. They want to ski race. They, they want to do all the team sports. And then as soon as they hit puberty, they stop. And it's a, it's a global a global thing, um, and I think a lot of that has to do with our like our cultural um, genderization and, and sexism against male and female. It's like, oh, okay, you've had you've hit puberty. Now it's time for you. You know, they're now interested in makeup and TikTok dances, and um, you know, who's got the hot boyfriend? And then and then it's like, okay, going to college, getting married, having kids. Like that story is still super ingrained in us. Whereas a lot of women like you, I mean, I even experienced it growing up, ski racing here in Sun Valley. As soon as we graduated high school, like I had 10 girls I ski raced with and none of them ski anymore. Um, They stopped as soon as they left high school Mm -hmm. um, because they were told that they needed to make money or they needed to have a career. Meanwhile, there are so many career opportunities within the outdoor world, you know, guiding, guiding doing it, media, doing writing for, you know, different articles or, you know, being the negotiation strategist, the team manager, like there's so many ways that you can make a living through skiing and snowboarding. Um, And through sister summit, we want to show that a lot of these top athletes are doing all those other things as well, you know?
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah it's like it's also maybe i'm I'm not sure if you experienced that, but um uh some friends of mine or actually in Vienna, they started a women health course now, mm-hmm. which means it's just focusing on women's body and mm-hmm. at least when I was like competing and I grew up in uh in like uh boarding school and like this typical Austrian system, it was really like, okay, you have to do this and this training course and this fitness course, but it was just basically on. Un- Um, A male's body. That and it was me. I had to do the same, and I'm like, shit, it doesn't work, right?
1: Yeah, it doesn't work.
0: No, it doesn't work. It's like, um, and I think there is also like a point of view where it's a rethinking now that the women need to, you need something else than what the boys need, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean,
1: there's even. Yeah, that was a really interesting thing. I I just was at Burning Man um, last week and there was this giant art piece out on the playa and it looked like a male's genitalia. And everyone was like, oh, my gosh, look at that giant beep, beep, beep. And we like we went over to it and I, I looked at it and I'm like, wait, it doesn't really. What is that? And it was a woman's genitalia, but from the inside. And there was like all of the, there was this giant stone thing made out of beautiful rose quartz of the vulva. And then there was like this, it was a three story massive clitoris. And but around it, it had all of these information panels of how, like with the Western medicine, when you go in to become a doctor, they give you like one day or two days on female genitalia. And then you learn all about the male genitalia genitalia. And so even within our medical system, there's still so much that we, they don't know about the female body. And then when you talk to females they don't know about their own body, you know? And um, and that is, it's beautiful to just, I was just so in awe of this massive art installation that was like so beautiful, but also so vulgar at the same time. But it was just to like slap everyone in the face of being like, no one knows what it is. Even if we make it three stories tall, no one knows what it is until they read the little plaque, you know? Um, And there I think know. that is just as a trend throughout society. Um, And the reason I bring that up is just like, if we don't even know about our own bodies as women, like how are we advocating for ourselves in outdoor spaces? You know, how are we speaking up? And it's just cool to see that that's, that language is finally changing and people are opening their eyes to how much we don't know about women. And um, with sister summit, we have, our wonderful chef, Alentine Alexis, and she cooks all of the food. Um, it's all Ayurvedic-based food, but it's also, she educates us on how we should be eating based on our hormonal cycles. Because yeah. a lot of times as athletes, you know, we might be on our period, but we have to go up and still hike that mountain and perform when we're feeling like, really low energy so learning different diet techniques and cooking techniques to be able to supplement us when we're feeling you know under underwhelmed and also like um uh even just like letting people know you know like well I have friends that they they're big alpine climbers on Everest and stuff and it's like you know what today's not my summit day I, I'm feeling really low energy and being able to voice that and not seeing it as a weakness, but more of like a strength of I'm listening to myself
0: and I know myself. And that's way more a strength. Like, it's, I mm-hmm. think it's super important to be able to speak up and to say, hey, look, today I'm not able to perform it, but that's okay, right? There's another day. Just do right. it tomorrow or like, in, I don't uh, know when yeah and, um, and I find it's very interesting that she tells you how about like your harmonic cycle and when you eat should eat what mm-hmm. uh, I did a genetic test a couple years ago, which tells you from a friend of mine she's a pharmacist, and she told me about it, and she tr- introduced it to me and it's very interesting. it tells you how you should eat and what you should eat and what what's good for your body and what's not good for your body. Mm-hmm. It, like okay, you should eat like small pieces five days a, t- a day, five times a day, or just like three days, uh, three times a day. And um, it's still so barely. Or like I just had a recent talk with some athlete skiers, women, like young girls who want to become a professional skier. They still like no idea, no idea, no idea about what's their body, what they need. They don't learn it because they're still like in that old system. In order to, yeah, you just do whatever it is doing and not thinking about, okay, is it really what they, the, a girl who has like, I don't know, is 170 tall, 50 kilos or 45, uh, 45 kilos. The weight no. is might be too heavy, like a proper weight training, right? She needs probably something else than a girl who has like 60 kilos, who is stronger. Right.
1: It's just. Yeah. It is wild. And there's a lot of studies happening right now with endurance athletes in that sense, too, because, um, you know, we, we all have endurance friends that um, they train so hard and they to the point where they're not getting their periods anymore. And that is actually for them. They're like, oh, I'm finally becoming more like a man. It means I'm training hard enough if I'm not getting my period. Yeah. But meanwhile, they're completely depleting their body of the nutrition they need. And then they all end up getting injuries um but that that psychology that mindset that we've had for so long that like i'm i mean just that that complex of like if i'm not getting my period that means i'm training hard enough you
0: know i'm i'm putting in the work when it's the opposite it's a lot about mental health and it's yeah. a lot about mental strength to understand okay what do i need what does my body need and where a sense is like oh is this really right what's right. happening here or not mm-hmm. and i think that's great that you're just like try to combine it to to provide a safe space to finally express something right yeah I have a lot of girls who contact me and talk with me about how should I behave in the sports how should I doesn't matter if it's like a ski instructor or an athlete or whatever or got injured to provide to support them to just like okay, look, you need to l- listen to yourself to be str- mm-hmm. strong, right? Um, In maybe a smaller way than what you do with Summer sister Sister Summit. Yeah. I like both words. <laughs> yeah, <it's- laughs> That's <And> amazing. It's- <laughs>
1: yeah another one too that um you know it's a definitely a new conversation that's happening that we're we're trying to implement with this next event um is contract negotiations for athletes and um especially now that a lot of the top female skiers and snowboarders are kind of entering the phase the stage in their life of wanting to become mothers um and we all have a bunch of friends that are guides that are also mothers and how they balance both I'm just like in awe um but the big one right now too is like. When we sign our contracts with our partners, um, we have traditionally a six-month injury period. So, if we, um, let's say, I were to become pregnant, it would fall under a six-month injury instead of a maternity leave. And so, kind trying, we're we're really pushing to try and change the language for all contracts. Like even if you're afforded maternity leave, you know they have it in other sports with skiing and snowboarding. We don't have it. Um, and you should still be able to be paid by your sponsors while you're on maternity leave and you come back. It's like you can still do what you used to do. I mean, look at Kimmy Fasani. She's one of the best snowboarders ever. She's been through the ringer and she's, she's the one definitely leading the charge on getting these contract negotiations. And we're really excited to have her at Sister Summit this year to speak to the girls because it's mm-hmm. almost like a strike in a stance like um, mm-hmm. that we all need to make sure that that is in the verbiage of our contracts before we sign. If we want kids or not, just all women should have that option.
0: Yeah, and minimum nine months, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's not gonna work in six months. So whatever you want to be fast or not, it's not gonna be happen. Exactly. (laughs) Okay, cool. Um, we. I think I have a feeling we could talk about that ages because we are uh, aligned on the mindset on how to change the industry. Also, right for women to be more like you say with the contracting, with getting like the right um, partners. Also, finding like, like making them rethink really about okay, that's a woman who wants to get kids. I mean, it's a nice story, right? Is what what is bad on it? It's nothing bad on it. Back in the days, I remember you couldn't like. I remember Sarah Schlapper; she was like an alpine skiing one of the first ladies who got married, um, who got a baby and came back. Also, Resi Stigler. There were two girls from the U.S. who really like. They nailed it because it's just like, in us, she was just like, what is happening? She, Baby and still coming back and skiing, right? Right. And, and
1: um, photography too. One of our photographers at Sister Summit, Zoya Lynch, she's pregnant right now. And she's really made with her contracts with different brands as a photographer, like, I can do both. We can, we can contain multitudes as women. We can do all of it all at once. You know, we don't have to be one or the other. We don't have to be an athlete or a guide. We can be an athlete and a guide. Um, We can be an athlete and a mom. We can be a guide and a mom. We can do we can do all of it. And I think, just us being able to come together and use our voices collectively to speak up and support each other through this process, um, is super powerful. And the the response from, you know, the male team managers or CEOs of these brands have been kind of, they've been humbled of like, wow, you're right. You just really opened my eyes. And, uh, And they, they always like, oh, I have two young girls. I really wish that, you know, they can join sister summit someday. I'm all about it. And, um, and, I mean, it's, it's just such a beautiful opportunity, time in, in history to be a female athlete um, and and coming up with, with this community that we're all creating together to create
0: a better space for future, future women. In fact, every woman is sort of an athlete. Some are, Absolutely. like you say, they're skiers. They're like, I don't know, a free ride skier sending it down a mountain. And the other one is a photographer, like has to carry the 20 kilo backpack up. The other one is like a guide or like a mother or like an entrepreneur or like managing, I don't know, 50 projects at the same time, not being able to say, oh, I'm not a carpenter or whatever. I'm just like, I me, yeah. right? Like you said at the beginning, being a personal, your personal brand. And it's just like you're putting up your qualities and your mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, we're all athletes. I mean,
1: the, how many women do we know that are like CEOs of brands and then go and run marathons, you know, exactly. and they never say they're athletes. But I'm like, you just ran a marathon. You're an athlete. <laughs>
0: exactly. You are. Yeah. That's the best example. Like, yeah. just like 80 hours work and I just like run a marathon or yeah. do like a ultra marathon and I don't know, Iron Man and yeah. <laughs> Woman. I actually, I don't understand why they still call it Man. It could be yeah. Man.
1: It should be <laughs>
0: absolutely okay. That's yeah. amazing. Thank you so much, Lexi. I think we got a great input and introduction of uh, Summit Sister Sister Summit. Sorry, I call it both that's ways. We love it. Um, yeah, and I think we should just like catch up later, either during the season or after the season, it might be less stressful um mm-hmm. to see how your like the first camp of the season, the second camp of the season were, went and um, what are the next project will be of you and the project and where are you going to be? And um, be awesome. We'd love that. Um, that would be amazing.
1: Yeah. And thank you so much for inviting me and to spending the time chatting with me and any other, you know, women that you'd like to invite. I have, a long list of badass gals that would love to talk with you as well. I mean, we all have our individual stories and they should all be mm-hmm. shared. That's for sure. So thank you for creating this space.
0: Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I actually love to get all out the skier's mindset um, because I think everybody can learn and improve and and just exchange from it. That's mm-hmm. my goal of it. So. Yeah. Awesome. i will then I come back to you okay <laughs> um thank you so much and um for everybody of the listeners who have some questions um to lexi or me just let us know i forwarded happy to forward it to you lexi and yeah. i'm sure they're gonna pop up some and yeah for sure. any questions i'm happy to answer them and i
1: look forward to uh to seeing all of the reviews from this, and 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 following up with you after our second sister summit,
0: that sounds amazing. And if you are in Europe, just let me know. Let's,
1: yeah, we'll get you out to Engelberg for Sister Summit
0: two <laughs> Yes, I have to. I have to join for sure. Yeah, we are. Awesome. We need you there. Well, thank you, Nina. Thank you so much. Um, all the best to the US and um, talk to you soon. Okay, bye. Bye-bye.